God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonora Cavoto. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Oh, it's great to be here. And uh, I feel like it's in like in the 70s, but you're not dressed in like a bell bottoms or any kind of um, slinky little 70s outfit. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm dressed for uh, the 2020s or whatever we're in right 21st now. 21st century uh, corporate. Yeah. So, so should we start playing some 70s music or something? I need to get my bell bottoms out. Now, I never wore I was never a big fan of bell well, bottoms, actually, but I think I'm going to have to start getting into the bell bottom because... Gas lines are back. Yeah. And it's a 70s thing, right? I remember. I was a kid. Gas lines are back, baby. Gas lines. You know, I should have known when I saw Joe Biden and Joe Biden taking that funky, weird, wide-angled photo where they look like gigantic on the ends. And there's Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter. Rosalind Carter, yeah. Rosalind Carter. um, Taking a photo that they had like a... Carter Biden summit and they weren't wearing masks there but then they were wearing masks everywhere people are starting to ask Biden everywhere he goes why are you sir why are you wearing masks and he's like because you're vaccined everybody else in the room's vaccined you're at a distance what what the heck's going you're on, on a zoom call <laughs> yeah, I mean that was call. the best you're, one you're embarrassing our country <laughs> and uh you know so they they have um they're asking him these questions, and he, he really can't even answer it at this point. Because yeah. here's the thing. If you want people to get vaccines, and you have, to order, you have to order pizza out, you have to actually give them a voucher so they can go down to the local pub for a beer, yeah. saying thank you for taking the vaccine. And their idea is, well, what we're trying to do is get it up to 70%. No. What they're actually doing, because they don't have a business bone in their body, is they're actually causing people like me to hold out. Yeah. I think I can get a thousand bucks. I might get a thousand. 
Well, you know, you know they're giving it away. I'm not going to wait for five, ten. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to wait. Well, I'm going to walk you, As Trump would say, I'm going to walk away from the negotiating table. Well, you know what? You can now, now you can get paid to get vaccinated. I also saw yesterday that Uber and Lyft will, will t- transport you for free. That's a new thing that's happening if you're getting vaccinated. You know, have you ever seen what, what is up? Have you ever seen anything like this, this coordinated effort? Um, let's say I know what's up. What, what, well, what's up is the fact that the vac- that the people signing up for the vaccines has gone down. And a couple of uh, factors contributing to that is that it's getting warmer out. It's summertime. You've mentioned that there's some people that are wondering about the efficacy. So they're doing whatever they can to, you know, get to herd cats. Well, you know what else? Valerie Jarrett's at the head of she's on the board of Lyft. Yeah. Okay, and so you look at the boards of these things, just like Paul Ryan is at on the board of Fox News. Right. So go figure, you know, Fox News is going to try to rig an election, and they did, yeah. with calling Virginia and, and, and Arizona early, when they shouldn't have. They yeah. shouldn't have, because that impacted other states negatively for Trump. And that was just one little factor, in addition to the fraud, the chain of custody uh, violations, and the last-minute rule changes, and the apparently in Arizona, Maricopa County, the secret passwords that nobody seems to have, or Maricopa County election officials won't give right. up uh, because uh, for fear of uh, HIPAA violations or something. I have no idea. But what I what I will say is is that they're causing people to not get a vaccine, and so what they're afraid of. What they're afraid of is this image. <clears throat> because if we see Biden and we see all the members of the press yes. who all have been vaccinated and they're all social distancing and they all wore masks, at this point, if you're all vaccinated and you're not caring, apparently there's a new study or New York Times report that came out and said CDC was lying to you. Yeah. They were lying to you, and they basically tried to say that you, you know, the spread is happening indoors mm-hmm. where they want to keep you. We want you to lock yourself indoors and become a petri dish. Uh, there are women that uh, there was a sight of a woman running an eight hundred meter, and she literally collapsed at the end, mm-hmm. almost setting a, war, a, a national record or something. But she she collapsed. And I was like, I didn't know they had to wear a mask while running. Well, that's just ridiculous. Anybody running, um, working out, uh, biking with a mask, it's just ridiculous. But the thing about it is, if we were to see Washington, all the white out, the Jen Psaki and, and Joe Biden and Jill Biden and all these different Bidens and Hunter Biden, you know, with a crack pipe and no mask, um, and then we were to see all the reporters, and we were to see press gaggles, and we were to see all these different things where nobody's wearing a mask because everybody's been vaccine, vaccinated. Well, hey, we would lose. We would say, hey, they're doing it. So we would somehow, according to them, yeah. according to the elite, we would have a false message. We would be receiving a false message saying, well, we don't need to wear a mask and nobody's getting infected outside. So who knows? Maybe maybe just this thing's behind us by now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it is kind of. Because there's so many places where they're calling the bluff. 
There's so many restaurateurs and so many different establishments where they said, we opened up and we didn't have one incident. I was um, listening to a wrestling program, Mm -hmm. something that nobody would ever listen to. And I was listening to Ben Askren, you know, the guy that constantly is losing lately. But um, Ben Askren has uh, a wrestling program, uh, you know, a cadet. Yeah. For boys. Right. And girls, I guess. And so he has this wrestling clinic. And he said, we opened up a year ago and we're wrestling. We're not. No one's wearing masks. And he said, we haven't had one incident in a year. Wow. Now, that being said, in San Francisco, the teachers unions that dictate rules to the CDC. Right. Are basically saying, we're going to go back to school for one week. Why? Because then they get $12 million in federal grants. Right. Then they close back up shop after the week and go home for the summer. Yeah. Do you believe how ridiculous that is? No, they're exploiting a, the system? They're absolutely exploiting the system. And as we said on a show, uh, I believe it was last week, the reasons why the teachers are wearing the masks, it's a symbol of their showing that they don't feel safe in the classroom. And the one way you can get away with not doing your job is to indicate that you do not feel safe. Nobody can make you do something where you don't feel safe, so that it strengthens their negotiating Well, guess what? The position. world wasn't safe before, but we don't have the flu anymore. There is no such thing as the flu. Right. So how in the world, one of the most common endemics, whatever you want to call the, the natural flu that we had for the last 50 years, yeah. ever since the 50s, 70 years, what happened to Joe, little Junior? Oh, he has the flu. He has a little fever. And he'll get over. Yeah. Right? It's called white blood cells. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Your body can deal with it. And it's not usually a problem. Unless you have underlying conditions and then the flu becomes a little bit more like a problem. Yeah. Pneumonia. Whatever. And then you get checked out. But that's the way it's been for forever. We've always taken risks. Every day that we go to work, we take risks. You know, we were talking... But we, we're not taking risks anymore as a population. We're putting these stupid masks on. Well, you know... And we, we all know that the mask is symbolic of, I'm a liberal now. Well, the mask is a symbolism of liberalism. But, you know, you remember a conversation we were having over the weekend about immunities with uh, somebody, and the conversation got to the point where we talked about how children don't eat dirt anymore. Yeah. And I think that's so appropriate because we used to, kids used to get so many immunities because everything wasn't being sanitized. Yeah, every we had minute. this conversation over the weekend and um, with a friend. And uh, they said, you know, there's this like study in it. Like, kids aren't eating enough dirt. And it was said sort of like to be funny, but, but yet it's true. it was exactly true. Yeah. There was a, a real study to that. Yeah. You know, when I, I love camping out, I have all the camp gear. And, you know, the tin cups are over here. Uh, I have a little mini stove. I have the, I'm a minimalist when it comes to camping. Like, I, I like to fit everything at the whole campsite into a kayak. And if I can get my whole campsite into a kayak, spaghetti, dry goods, mm-hmm. water filtration, um, powdered tomato sauce, mm-hmm. everything's got to be light. Everything's got to be transported, like an R, um, MRE, Meals Ready to Eat. Right. But it's all got to be kind of like dehydrated, what do you call it, dehydrated, um, um, dried. Freeze-dried. Yeah, freeze-dried, dehydrated for uh, dry yeah. food. 
And it's that kind of thing. You can just pack up your boat. Vacuum packed. Yeah, but you can pack up your boat. You know, you're not going to get cans of soup. That's too right. heavy, right? That's, that's volumes of water. Right. You, you have water wherever you're going, right? You're on planet Earth. Right. There's water. So, you know, it's, I love that kind of primitive camping. And uh, I know every time I've gone camping, and I know that fishermen, people that go out fishing and they eat a fish, yeah, they, their hands are filthy, Yeah. right? And they touch their face and whatever. It happens. It's called living in nature. And, you know, I don't think they had so many pandemics back in the day because, you know, people that had to go out and hunt their next meal uh, were, were basically, um, you know, that's the other thing why people stayed thin back in the old days. Yeah. It's that- like if you want to... Breakfast, you had to go out and get those eggs. Right. We, we didn't have to go to gyms. People were working all day long. Well, you know, they didn't have refrigeration. Right. So basically, if you wanted fresh meat, you had to kill the meat. Right. Because you weren't going to freeze the meat. You're, there wasn't a local freezer. Right. You know? And, uh, you know, I did. I asked my dad. Uh, my dad, he's a little, getting a little old in the tooth, long in the tooth, right? But... No, he's 84. You shouldn't say things like long oh, in the no. tooth. He's I listening. Don't, so I don't, he's, he's listening. I don't like that smiling. expression. No, which one? Long in the tooth. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a phrase I like to use. But no, no, no. He's, he's, um, he's lived a long enough life to where, you know, there was a time when he had a, a job mm-hmm. where he was delivering ice. Right. Well, we right? asked him about that because we were watching a movie where they had ice boxes in it. Well, that was a famous film. A famous film. With, I don't um, with a... I think it was it was at East of Eden or yeah yeah like, East of Eden and it was with uh, James Dean James Dean right, right. so we and James were, Dean was a nut job in that movie yeah <laughs> anyway he was tied up he was locked up in some ice thing right um, but my dad's healthy and 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 wise and and got a, you know he's perfectly fine but in any case um, he would deliver ice I said Dad how did they how did they do the ice like uh, how did people like how did the ice not melt within like right. one day? How did that happen? Yeah. You know, how did you keep the ice? And you know, how did that work? And he said they used like pine branches and deep pits. Yeah. And you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting, you know. You ask yourself a simple little question like that. Basic question. How did they, you know, freeze stuff with ice? Yeah. You know, they did that in certain different ways. And that wasn't the only way, by the way. There was multiple ways that people did that. But I thought it was a fascinating question uh, or a fascinating subject. Um, my question was pretty mediocre, actually. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get back to the show. Um, so what we're talking about here is that it turns out that that not only not only did Fauci commit the crime, but he's covering up the crime for COVID, which apparently, according to the New York Times, we've been lied to yeah. about how it spreads. It doesn't spread outdoors. They wanted to keep us indoors where it does spread. But we wanted to go outdoors and we wanted to take our masks off and we because the masks are not healthy. There's new study after new study. And they're talking about these things. You know, Biden's world with regard to the 70s-style oil lines Mm -hmm. 
with regard to the Palestinians bombarding uh, and Israel now in an all-out war, what do we do? We drop the um, sanctions and what have you, ter- uh, and we, we, we turned on the money to the Palestinians. And Ilhan Omar blames Israel for defending themselves yeah. uh, from the massive amounts of missiles going in. The Iron Dome apparently is working pretty well for Israel, but now they're at all-out war. Iran's soon going to get involved, and what you're going to find is you're going to find conflict in the Middle East. And you know who's smiling right now? People, warmongers like Liz Cheney and Lindsey Graham. And Liz Cheney, trust me, could care less whether she's the leader of the conservative party or not. We'll find out later today, probably, that she's not. That at least Stefanik will be. And that's rightfully so. And it's kind of funny because we already saw what can happen when Kevin McCarthy gets tied up with Luntz the Dunce. And we already saw how he'll fold like a cheap suit. And we already saw Adam Kinzinger get it, get his what for when he endorsed a rhino in Texas and got beat where his guy got 3% of the vote. Hey, Adam Kinzinger, how out of touch are you? And Trump supported, Trump endorsed candidates in Texas won in a landslide. And Elise Stefanik's going to win in a landslide. Endorsed by who? 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 Donald Trump. Trump. So, and that is a strong indicator. Yeah. So what that means going Harbinger forward of things to come. is that leading into 2022, the Republican Party has is taking his, their marching orders from Donald Trump, which is exactly what the play was. There was a strong play where Mitch McConnell was out there saying, we're not looking to the past, we're looking to the future. Where Liz Cheney said, Donald Trump uh, you know, tried to... to stoke the flames of violence when he didn't. And all those rhino candidates that voted to impeach Trump were trying to do the same thing. There was about 22 of them we Mm -hmm. found. Yeah. 22 rhinos. And what they were trying to do, every last one of them and every Democrat decided to turn a blind eye to to, uh, due process. Mm -hmm. And due process to me uh, as as his chain of custody, it's everything. Due process when it comes to justice is everything. Chain of custody when it comes to election integrity is everything. And these are two little areas where there's a lot of gray matter, where they try to, you know, manipulate and morph and tweak those areas. So Jill Biden on April 29th tweeted this out. A hundred days. We're just getting started. And she's wearing these red shoes. I wonder what that means. What do the red shoes mean? I don't know what the red shoes mean, but the shoes with the red soles are very expensive. That I've yeah, heard. And the red shoes has something to do with child trafficking. But in any case, <laughs> um, she's wearing this beautiful black coat. She's walking down the halls of the White House, right? Uh, uh, on the outdoor with her pillars. And it says, she says, 100 days, we're just getting started. And Tony Schaefer chimes in. And Tony Schaefer follows me, by the way. He follows me, too. Yeah. And he says, war in the Middle East, no gas for Americans, no idea what to do about China aggression. Remember Alaska? Yeah. 
Remember how they ate our lunch in Alaska? Yeah, I remember. And they made our diplomats look like fools? I remember, fools? yeah. Yeah, let's not forget about that. No blue-collar jobs for XL Pipeline. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that pipeline come in handy yeah. now? I mean, let's face it. Wouldn't a pipeline be nice to have right yeah. now? In fact, the energy secretary uh, said, we're working with DOT to get trucks and trains. Yeah to deliver oil to the east coast because colonial oil you know pipe the colonial pipeline is down yeah due to russian hackers right and rick grinnell is basically saying about that this is a this is a uh national intelligence failure is -hmm. what he's saying yeah but we have no redundancy because on day one joe biden stopped production on the XL pipeline, the Keystone pipeline. Right. Now we could have run trucks from that pipeline to the East Coast. We would have been fortified. We would have had redundancy. Not perfect redundancy because they're pretty far apart. But there would have been enough redundancy to get, you know, from the Midwest to the East Coast, you know, trucks going to due east with oil. So that Colonial can figure out what to do with the ransom that they've been given. Pay up or we're going to keep your pipeline down and shut down your, you know, and impact your uh, East Coast energy. Well, guess what? The FBI said don't pay. Right. But the Biden administration gave zero answers. They said, we don't know what to do. You do what you need to do. So... They allowed their Microsoft software to go get old and not patched. And they allowed their network to be easily hacked. They were then hacked. And they were told by the White House, you're on your own. Pay them if you must, but you're on your own. We don't know what to tell you. And the FBI said, don't pay. As soon as you pay, it's going to happen again. Yeah. Right? It's just like paying for hostages. You want more hostages? Pay. If you want to put an end to this right now, don't reward them. Ransomware is a dirty business, man. It sure is. But anyway, Tony Schaefer writes, War in the Middle East, no gas for Americans, no idea what to do about China aggression, no blue-collar jobs for the XL pipeline, increase in unemployment and imploding the economy. Promoting hate and violence in progressive cities, working to disarm law-abiding citizens, is pure evil. Katrina Pearson writes, I bet those mean tweets hit the pocketbook easier than those gas prices, huh? The Bradford File says, The Biden presidency is going to do more damage to the world than a global pandemic. And Rosie Memo says, old enough to remember when it was illegal to lie to Congress. Fauci lied. And Disclosed TV writes, just in, Governor DeSantis declares a state of emergency in the state of Florida over gas shortage due to colonial pipeline cyber attack. The Bradford File writes, the the world, it was safer with Trump in the White House. And Tim Swain writes, Fauci funded it, covered it up, then lied about it, put him in prison. Cat Turd writes, I'm old enough to remember when we were energy independent under Trump. 
And Emerald Robinson writes, Democrats are warming, warning GOP voters today that we are really going to miss Liz Cheney. And then she adds, like we miss Bob Corker and Jeff Flake. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Carlson wrote, we all warned you, Biden is a disaster. And the Bradford File writes, Trump is being vindicated on just about everything. And that is absolutely true. And Charlie Kirk wrote, writes, Fauci lied, people died. And Tim Swain wrote something in Texas that's good, and this is happening in every conservative state across America. And that is breaking. Texas House on 79 to 65 vote passed HB 3979 banning critical race theory and all similar teachings in schools. That's happening across the board yeah. in every conservative state. That's a really good bit of news. So I want to play this COVID uh, thing here. Listen to this. Listen to this COVID exchange by Peter Ducey and Jen Psaki related to how COVID spreads. Let's take a listen. And quickly on the pandemic, is the CDC making it harder for you guys to convince people to get vaccines and to wear masks when they've created this impression that up to 10 percent of COVID transmission occurs outdoors, even though there's this New York Times report now where they say there's not a single documented COVID, COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions. See, well, I believe... Doc- see, now, when I heard that number, that shocked me in a good way. Yeah. But is but that that's the narr- true? But that's not the narrative that uh, we're hearing. All right. So we're going to listen to it again. Yeah. Because I found that number to be almost unbelievably great. Too good, yeah. Yeah. But let's take a listen again. This is, yeah. And quickly on the pandemic, is the CDC making it harder for you guys to convince people to get vaccines and to wear masks when they've created this impression that up to 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors, even though there's this New York Times report now where they say there's not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions? Well, I believe Dr. Walensky addressed this in the Senate hearing uh, this morning, and she pointed to a collection of scientific studies that set that number that they relied on that set that number at less than 10%. Uh, We know as more people get vaccinated, there will be less and less need for certain restrictions. And the CDC has said they will continue to evaluate the science and update their recommendations as they have already begun doing. And so that's what we will be relying on moving forward, and as we have been. But they did still, but they took the study, they chose to put it as part of their guidance. And so I guess my last question would be, uh, the then president-elect said in January, I've always said that the Biden-Harris administration will lead with science and truth. Which one is it here? Well, again, Peter, we, we know that outdoor transmission is rare. The CDC has said that themselves. I would certainly refer you to them on their uh, and the scientists and experts there, uh, the scientists, the, the leaders in uh, data analysis to get to the heart of what they look at. But this, the Dr. Walensky referred to several studies uh, that uh, that provided that data and that information. And- well, it turns out they used a study like in Bangladesh or Singapore yeah. or somewhere, like some third third rate study. Yeah. To try to make their point. Right. The C D C is really failing America. And you know that the C D C is failing America yeah. when Susan Collins Susan Collins basically said, I used to think of the C D C as this gold standard, but 
Not anymore. Right. I mean, when you lose Susan Collins... You've, you've lost. You've lost. Uh, right there. Yeah, let's so take a listen. Money. Senator Collins. Thank you. Dr. Walensky, I used to have the utmost respect for the guidance from the CDC. I always considered the CDC to be the gold standard. I don't anymore. And I want to give you three examples where I think the conflicting, confusing guidance from your agency has undermined public confidence and contradicts the scientific guidance of many experts. The first has to do with school openings, an issue that we've talked about before. The New York Post reported that a powerful teachers union, the AFT, successfully secured changes verbatim in draft guidance on school reopenings. This came about because of an outside group that did a FOIA request that revealed extensive interactions between the AFT and the CDC. This has been described by Dr. Monica Gandhi, a professor who has written extensively about the coronavirus, as very, very troubling. She's referring to the emails back and forth between the CDC and the AFT. And she says, this is not how science-based guidance should work or be put together. My second example is from a New York Times story that appeared today. It talks about CDC guidelines on mask wearing and in where the CDC announced that less than 10% of COVID-19 transmission was occurring outdoors. The article points out that this is, quote, almost certainly misleading and goes on to say there is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions, such as walking past someone on a street or eating at a nearby table. The third example has to do with new guidance the CDC has issued for summer camps. And here are the reactions of two experts. One, a pediatric immunologist at Columbia referred to the recommendations as, quote, senseless. The editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association Pediatrics called the guidance, quote, unfairly draconian. So here we have unnecessary barriers to reopening schools, exaggerating the risks of outdoor transmission, and unworkable restrictions on summer camps. Why does this matter? It matters because it undermines public confidence in your recommendations in the recommendations that do make sense, in the recommendations that Americans should be following. I'd like you to respond to why the CDC is not following 
the standard procedures, why it's having offline secret negotiations with one stakeholder that was revealed only through reporting and a FOIA request, why it is exaggerating outdoor transmission. We know that masks make a big difference indoors. They don't outdoors. Wow. Wow, that's, uh, that's that big. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. And I got to tell you, that blew my mind. Yeah. Okay? That blows my mind. And um, I got, I think I have chills right now. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I have chills. But here's the thing. This is what we've all known for a long time. Yeah. We knew that they were lying to us. Yeah, we just needed somebody to. And do you realize say how it. much more we're going to learn? This is just. This is the just iceberg. the dam breaking. This is just. This is just the beginning. Right. Of the end for the Democrats, and I'm telling you, what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump went into Washington, and he got beat like a pinata. He won a lot for the American people. And he got our jobs back and he reversed a lot of the wrongs that the deep state and the globalists and the ivory le- ivory tower elites were pushing. But and he did it for us. And he took a lot of arrows and slings and arrows. In the end, he couldn't win that battle, but the war is not over, see. There are battles and battles to be won and battles to be lost. But that doesn't mean that you lose the war. You still can win the war. Even despite losing a battle, tripping over a hurdle, or stepping even on a landmine, there are battle scars and battle wounds. And some of us are losing our lives in the streets, like Trump supporters who have been shot in the streets. But we are fighting on. And one of the things that's happening is time. See, we were attacked by a mainstream press that we didn't know was so radically in the tank for the liberal agenda. No, we didn't realize the extent to which it went. We knew we, we had suspicion, but we didn't realize just how deep in those uh, leanings went and so we 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 understand now what we're up against we understand that our war is a civil war of us against the democrats who support this draconian this socialist this marxist this communist agenda the people that you know support the closed door sessions and the backroom deals, and the bloodshed in the in, in the Middle East, and the oil shortages on the East Coast, and the subservience that we give to China, and the escalation of violence yeah. around the world, and the higher taxes, and the joblessness. The people that we know in our lives that are liberals have made that happen. And they sit there, with their pompous attitude, acting like they're the smartest people in the room. And they're not. Hmm. And we can look at them in the face now and say, how do you like it now? 
How do you like it now that the East Coast is out of oil, that the Palestinians and Israel Israel is fighting and the Middle East is on fire again? How do you like that? How do you like the fact that we don't have a pipeline to back us up? How do you like the southern border with all of this traffic and these kids that are being used, these 11-month-old toddlers are being used as footballs to carry families through open, porous borders and some pompous idiot in the Biden administration is going to lie to your face and say everything's okay and it's not. The numbers aren't lying. And where were you, where are you now when you were complaining so much about Trump? I say this to my Democrat friends and answer those questions because you should. And we should hold everybody accountable for that. But there's more to this CDC BS, this Dr. Fauci stuff. Because I I did tweet out this one tweet. Again, I, I already read it, but I want to read it again if I can find it. Tim Swain wrote, Fauci funded it. Then he covered it up. Then he lied about it. Then he, uh, we, we need to put him in prison. Okay. So he funded it. And he lied about it. He funded it and he lied about it. He covered it up as well. Well, they're hiding behind uh, the word science. They were saying we got to trust the science. Right. And they tried to position it a, that this science was evolving and a, that we were a learning. A lot of people think that Fauci did all that he did to, to, to uh, distract us from looking at him. Probably. So let's take a listen to Rand Paul. This was a great, great exchange between Rand Paul, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. Let's take a listen. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? 
Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? So here's what you're going to see. All right, so we're, we're about a third of the way into this tape. And I want to explain to you, I want to explain to you what's going on here. All right, so let's take a listen to what Dr. Fauci's response is. All right. Completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. Do they fund All right, so you see what he just did? What he just did was he said, has never and do, does not now uh, fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan laboratory. Okay, that may be true right on, on a document. If the document says Wuhan Laboratory LLC, then he wouldn't be lying technically. Well, I thought you said, I thought you were talking about another, another corporation. I think you got to work on your Fauci accent. <laughs> no, but really, so what he's talking about is that the funding went to, um, you know, a really bad character. And uh, the guy's name wrote it down. Uh, I think Peter Daszak. Okay, so so there was a, you know, his boss is Francis Collins, NIH director. Fauci's director of NIUAD, or AID, which is aid. Then there's a guy named Peter Daszak, and there's a couple of other players that he hobnobs mm-hmm. with, okay? And we're going to hear these names. But the idea is, is that he financed their project. Yes. And their project was then... In part, but the business transaction that Fauci is guilty of. So I, I wish that Rand Paul asked the question in a broader sense, like yeah. a lawyer should have, uh, and he didn't. And that's where I think Rand Paul kind of missed an opportunity here. But let's take a listen because Fauci is splitting hairs, and at the very end, you're going to hear Fauci again double down on hair splitting, okay? But what he is, is he's truly guilty of being involved. And they put out a statement later yesterday, after this, that suggested that they 100% support uh, gain-of-function research. And Mm -hmm. I think that this practice should be banned. In light of the fact that these things could leak out and escape from a, a, a institution, in light of that, I think that these should be banned because if you got a virus that's 15 times more deadly than COVID, mm-hmm. you're going to end the world because you got a simple little stupid uh, idiot like Fauci running the show. Dr. Barrick. Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? 
We do not fund You fund gain. Dr. Barrett's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina, not You don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That you is would not— You the minority because— at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do Virology Institute. you support Institute. sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected. Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain of function research. I don't favor gain of function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain of function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you, in front of this group, categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of but Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're 
you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter how parsing many times words, you're parsing you say words. it, there it was didn't research, happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time, time is up. So, uh, to me, that <clears throat> is very, that's scary. It is extremely scary. That is scary that we have these monsters like Fauci running around doing these kinds of things. Now, we have another clip. It's eight minutes long. We're not going to play it today. We are going to cover it tomorrow. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, are you going to be with us tomorrow? Yes. Okay, great. Um, uh, so, Ted Cruz really gives a great uh, uh, response to Blumenthal's comments about ghost guns. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gives a lot of great statistics. It's another subject for another day uh, because we only have about five minutes left in the show. But um, I, I did want to address that. We are going to be covering uh, gun legislation and the push to take away your guns because not only do they want to Put masks on your face, control where you live, and control your population. Um, but they also want to control your life conditions. They want to control whether you can go to the store or not. They want to control whether you go to the theater or not. They want to control every aspect of your life. That's what they were intending to do with Obamacare. That's what they were intending to do with uh, the government getting in bed with Big Pharma and Big Pharma and Obamacare and the government can control every aspect of your your health records, your life. And that's what Bill Gates was talking about in his TED speech, about how to control populations through reproductive services, uh, abortion, right? right? And then death panels, you know, mm -hmm. how elderly should be treated and what their expectations should be. And then vaccines, and somebody uh, wrote in today and they said, I have a question. How is it that out of 535 Congress uh, critters, Senate and Congress combined, that there hasn't been one of them that have suffered any adverse reaction from the jab? Makes you, me wonder if they were given a saline jab instead of the experimental DNA modified herd culling so-called <laughs> vaccine just saying. <laughs> That's too funny. Who was that? Um, if you text if you text in to say who that is, uh, that'd be great. Um, comes from a 281 number. I, I, I don't know what that area code is. Um, but in any case, uh, <laughs> we are getting our phone... Uh, system uh, up to speed. 281 is Houston, Texas. Okay, so someone from Texas. Um, so we are going to be getting our uh, phone system call-in 
back up to speed. I promise you. I've just been a little delayed because, as Leonora will attest, I've been sick. Yes, although you are getting better day yeah. by day, and yeah. you've done a lot, all things considered. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel much, much better. But, you know, I'm still taking it easy a little bit. Um, so that's, uh, that's where I am with that. But um, we, I have a lot of work to do, though. Work is piling up and building up. I am getting a lot of work done, but, uh, you know, a couple of things uh, I have to deal with. So I'm dealing with these uh, different issues, and the phone system is going to be another one that I have to deal with. Um, and other than that, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we talked about yesterday. Nobody's talking about it. And it's this whole, you know, crisscross of red states and blue states doing things dramatically different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is the vaccine passports. And I have a feeling that that's going to be a struggle for people. Oh, Mike Coy from Buffalo, Texas. Okay, thank you, Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Buffalo, Texas must be near Houston. Houston, yeah. in any case, uh, thanks, Mike. So um, I just think it's going to be a real complex issue. Absolutely. When you got like 15 states that banned vaccines completely, banned vaccine passports completely. And then you got another 15 states that are mandating absolutely it. mandating <laughs> it, right? And how are you going to travel to those states? And I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, look, New York, if you want my business, you're going to have to call your congressman because I'm not coming out there for a meeting and being required to take a vaccine. It's almost going to be the equivalent of having a visa to visit a state. Yes, you know, exactly. I mean, because, you know, think Isn't about... Isn't that what the European Union was about? Well, Isn't that what they've been trying to do well, with yeah, North America? You know, because I remember way back when having to have a visa to go to France, you know, or things no, like that. But and then, really, the European Union, yeah. think about that. You know, where everybody congeals now, so you no longer have the franc or the whatever. You have a common currency. You have yeah. a common currency. You have a common way of thinking. You, have, you, you, you can uh, easily cross borders. Your country's been turned into a state. And from a nationalistic perspective, that has major impact on your psyche. And I think what they're trying to do is the same thing to the United States. That's why they're trying to cancel culture. That's why they're trying to erase our history. That's, that's, that's how, and this vaccine is going to be a part mm-hmm. of that overall process yes, yes. of changing who we are. That's, that's why they don't put God that's in the National Day of Prayer. Um, you Whoever know, heard of not putting God in the National yeah, Day of Prayer? Yeah, I mean, Biden you know, calls himself a Catholic, but didn't do it. So, I, I think mean, he's a faux Catholic. No, because it's it's sort of like government over God yeah. is what their intention is. And erasing our history and trying to, through critical race theory, trying to suggest that America is a flawed country full of racists, like that Thomas Jefferson was a bad man, should be locked up. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely insane what they're doing, folks. Don't let them do it. Deny them that. And with that, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. My name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Corbetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the podcast, buglecall.org for our nonprofit. And we'll see you next time. Just to bury my kids right up to there.